From the Bob Marley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Dis Unplugged Roundtable Discussion, Universal SeaWorld Edition for July 2010. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week by my good friends Walter Eccles, Corey Martin, and Will Perry, who's in from Indiana. Got himself out of the cornfields. Put some shoes on, <laughs> took, the, took the weed out of his mouth. Just don't let up, do you? No, no. <laughs> I don't. Uh, in this month's show, we're going to tell you what's new at Universal Orlando and SeaWorld, including a discussion about the crowds and some touring strategies for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And I will have my review of my recent stay at Universal's Portofino Bay Resort. All that coming up on this month's edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the show, everyone. Apologize, it's going up a week late. Um, and the only uh, honestly, I got to be I got to be honest. I thought we had another week. I I thought I had another uh, another Friday Monday in June. I don't know what I was. Th- ever since I got sick, I was sick for the first two weeks of of June, and it just threw me off. It just threw everything off so badly. It was, it's crazy. It's one of those trick forty day June calendars, right? <laughs> well, you know, when you lose ten days out of the month being sick, it's like. And, and I never, Walter will tell you, I never get sick. No. Not like that. I may get, you know, a stomach bug or something where I'm out of commission for a day or two. But for me to be, like, down for almost two weeks, that never happens. Never, never, never happens. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on uh, at Universal this month, what's new at Universal this month. Over and above Harry Potter, which we'll get to. Uh, they did announce recently the dates for Halloween Horror Nights, uh, September 24th and the 25th, uh, September 30th through October 3rd, October 7th through the 10th, October 14th through the 17th, October 20th through the 24th, and October 27th through the 31st. Now, Corey, you you may be able to shed some light on this for me because you pay attention to their tickets more than I do. The pricing for these tickets right now that Universal has on their site are completely bizarre. It says a one-night general admission pass to Halloween Horror Nights is $74.99. And it specifies one night. I, I, at first I thought that was the frequent fear pass, because that's usually what the frequent fear passes run, where you can go as many times as you want any night that it's running. Right. But it's a $74.99. But then it says, but like I said, it specifies you can only pick one date for that. But then it says you can get a Sunday through Thursday ticket for one day, for thirty four ninety nine, a Friday ticket for forty nine ninety nine, and a Saturday ticket for sixty four ninety nine. No. Okay, I think the ones you're talking about the the Friday and Saturday, that is uh, with accompanying a park ticket that you have during the day. You can add Halloween Horror Nights for forty nine ninety nine or sixty nine ninety nine. Oh, okay, that might be it. See, it's not clear on their website though. It's on, on Universal's website, or maybe I missed something. I don't know, but there's bizarre pricing. No, that that's so seventy four ninety nine is if you don't have a, a a ticket for the park that day. Correct. Then you have to pay. That's a lot of money. That is a lot. Of I got to be honest. Especially they haven't released the frequent fear pass yet. Um, they don't have the frequent. They haven't announced the frequent fear pass yet. 
So I'll be interested to see what the price on that is. But I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Halloween Horror Nights is awesome. I mean, it's a it it's a awesome. great uh, it, it's a great experience. It's a great thing to do. Well, well a lot of people say it's the best. Halloween event. Oh, hands around. down, hands down. It's if, not for everybody, though. Not for kids. No, no, no. It's, even on their website, it says it's really not recommended for kids under thirteen. Not even for Julie. It, <laughs> she won't do it. It's dark. It. Uh... No, it's not for everybody. It's not for kids, uh, in particular. If you're easily spooked, or if like horror movies and you know depictions of gore and things like that, or. It's, Really offend you or upset you or scare you? No, this is not for you. If chainsaws worry you, this is this is <laughs> yeah. hardcore. Yeah, um, no hose barred. They, they're, they're going for the scare factor. So, and it's a very popular event. It's very popular with locals. So, unlike other events and other times of the year, you are really competing with locals to get in. So, it is advisable to buy these tickets in advance. If you're planning to go on a weekend, or if you're planning to go uh, close to Halloween, yeah, those those dates sell out. Real if you're fast. doing a Sunday through Thursday in September, or I'd say up to mid October, I don't think you're going to have trouble getting a ticket. Uh, and you might want to wait for them to do something with the frequent fear pass and see what the uh, yeah the tickets are limited right now. The options they have vary, but it is an awesome awesome uh, event. My favorite Universal event, I think. They go all out. Oh, yeah, for Universal. They do. They do go all out, and they really, you get a chance to see their creativity on display in a way that isn't normally displayed. And uh, they really do a great job. This is actually the 20th year um, for Halloween Horror Nights. I'm a big movie buff, so a horror movie buff, too. I like them. And... uh, you know the Chucky Wolverine. Nothing else Jigsaw. to do out in the out in the, the farm. <laughs> there he goes again. <laughs> Living out in the farm. A horror movies and watch NASCAR. horror. He's gonna watch, <laughs> watch <laughs> horror movies <laughs> and, and drink drink whiskey. Watch corn. I like my whiskey. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what the theme is this year though. Last year it was ripped from the silver screen. Okay. With Chucky, Wolfman, Dracula, all those guys. It was Bloody Mary the year before, so they right. you know they, they which had. actually they had to change their uh, they were getting complaints. About their billboards with the oh, Bloody Mary one. I remember. I remember. Um, yeah. They were getting complaints about that. We were getting complaints too on the Diz. We yeah, putting, putting, we, yeah, we, put we got a whole Bloody Mary uh, ad campaign like going. Shake a little bit. It was, it was scaring people. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what their, uh, what their theme this year is, is going to be. Um, now, also, I, I don't know if this is, it must be somewhat new. I don't know how new. But I also noticed that Universal is now selling uh, these VIP tickets, um, which I thought was really interesting. One of the big draws to book a hotel on property, on site at Universal, was the unlimited express pass. You could just... Well, now they're selling these. The current... The the express passes that you normally buy only allow you to get on an attraction once. Right. So you buy an express pass for the day. Let's say you spend $40 for it. You go on Spider-Man. Your pass is marked. You cannot, go, you cannot go back on the express line again. These are unlimited. These are unlimited express passes. One, two, three, four, and seven days. They're called VIP tickets. Prices are ranging from $179 to $381.99 per ticket um, for the seven-day 
pass uh, during peak season. Uh, that, that, well, that, actually, the one seventy nine ninety nine is for uh, one day one day two park pass, um, which is really, high, really high. When you add admission, and then that. Well, yeah, no, that, that's, that's with admission. That's your admission okay. plus your express pass. Okay. So that's that's okay. combined. But uh, they're basing it on on season, peak season, and non peak season. You know, if you only have one day to to see both parks, that and might be the only way to do it. If it's if if you if you only have one day and it's the middle of July, mm-hmm. and you want to see both parks, you can do it if you can use the express lines. You can actually have a great experience, see both parks. You'll still be running around some, but you can get a lot out of that. But it's still if if you're a family of four. That's at seven hundred and twenty dollars. That, that that's off peak. And does that say if you can upgrade your existing one day two park ticket to that one? I'm guessing you can. I'm guessing they'll always let you upgrade. I, I didn't yeah. specifically look for that. Yeah, they will always let you upgrade. They, you know, they're yeah. never going to turn away the money. Uh, so, but I, I just thought those that was interesting when when I saw that that they're that they're deciding to do that, especially because, uh, you know, it has been such a you know that express pass. That comes with your room key. That you know that that room key you get when you check in to one of their hotels is basically a let me on the ride now. Well, that's uh, the best thing pass. in the world. When yeah, we, when we stay there in the summer and you got your room key. Oh, it's brilliant! And you it's walk great. past the hideous lines. You just keep on walking. Now it's important to note that Express Pass doesn't is not available for uh, Rip Ride Rocket uh, in Universal, uh, Pteranodon Flyers in Jurassic Park at Islands of Adventure, or uh, Forbidden Journey in Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Those What's three attractions are not part of the Express Pass experience. There were rumors going around uh, a month ago or so that they were going to allow uh, one Express Pass access per day for on-site guests uh, at Harry Potter, uh, at Forbidden Journey, and they are not doing that. I'm surprised Rip Ride Rocket's not available yet. I understand during like the opening month. Right. But it's not, you know, it's not the opening month anymore. Exactly, exactly. It's Let's kind get of that moving. It's well, as we're going to get to when we talk about Harry Potter and the complete screw up of the grand opening. Um, well, at least they went to uh, unlimited Express Pass with that. I like that. If you like a, if you like an attraction, you can jump right out and get right back on. And yeah. So that that's one good thing. It is. It is. I, I just uh, uh, Universal is so all over the place right now. It's just it's it's bizarre to watch. It's bizarre to watch. Um, I also want to talk about uh, just briefly um, SeaWorld. Uh, you know, God bless SeaWorld. There's never a whole lot going on though. Um, the only thing coming up on the calendar right now, uh, SeaWorld After Dark, which we talked about in the last show. This runs through August fifteenth. They do the uh, Shamu Rocks uh, show from, uh, uh, twice nightly, 8 o'clock and 9.15. Uh, the Sea Lions Tonight show, 6.45 and 8.15. I've got I've to z- increase the s- uh, size of this screen because I'm so blind. I cannot read anything. And then they do uh, Reflections, which is a fountains and fireworks show. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 9.50 p.m. each night. And I have not been over yet to see any of this. I've got to try and get over there this week. I don't think I have either. And see uh, see how it is. I wish we had thought to go to uh, uh, 
You going to go July 4th weekend? The water park while Will was here. Because I haven't been to Aquatica yet. Have you been? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was there on the, one of the opening days. I wasn't there for the opening. But yeah, we, we were there for the grand opening. We didn't participate on you know any of the rides or anything, so I want to... Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That. Okay, well, I'll have to jump on that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's running through August, August 15th, over at SeaWorld. I noticed they're still not offering... The Dine with Shamu. I, w- I thought they would have started it back by now. I really thought so, too. I really thought so, too, but I'm not seeing it on their website. And, uh, you know, under exclusive dining, all they have is the Makahakalika, whatever it is, luau, and the Christmas luau. It's it's sad, though. I mean, because, you know, well, I guess I guess they've got to be careful because when, when that accident happened, when that trainer got killed... It was during a Dine with Shamu event. I mean, there were people, there were guests there wa- that watched it happen. Sure. So They'll remember what they were eating, too, <laughs> at that moment. Well, I think it was actually at the end. They were actually starting to walk out when, uh, when this whole thing happened. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of sad. Now, from what I understand, uh, they're trying to reach a deal with OSHA. Right. Uh to I think it's like a plea bargain. Yeah, they're admitting that they yeah. were wrong and trying to get a plea bargain for, I guess, a lower fine or whatever. And this is just be. what we're hearing anecdotally. We're not. We don't have proof of that. But I think they're they're going to get they're going to get hit with with something that there was. I think it's going to end up coming out. They screwed up. Yeah. 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 So, anything else? Anybody else have anything for SeaWorld? I haven't been in years. Are you serious? Wouldn't it be nice if you went? Yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to go. I want to start doing some of the uh, special uh, tours that they have. We did the only one that Pete and I have done is the one with the sharks, and that was awesome. The uh, behind the scene tours with the sharks and the whales. Mm-hmm. We did that one. I want to do the one with the beluga whales, where you actually get to sit there and feed them. I know he keeps talking about it. It's like, okay, we'll we live it. five minutes away. Let's go. Okay, let's I mean, we'll do it. anytime you want to do it, we can just drive there. Once we start building the Diz Sea World area, I know. I'll let's, be over there. Let's do it. I just need a. A reason to go to actually put content up beyond. Have you the read show. the new coaster they got? No, Manta. Yeah. Manta. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. I saw the video. I've been to Aquatica, awesome. but I have. Been, it's awesome. I've been to Aquatica. I've been to Discovery Cove, but kind of. So I, haven't, I haven't done Discovery Cove. I haven't yeah. either. Everything they, but SeaWorld. They've got some decent Florida specials too for Florida Cove, so we really should. Discovery Cove. Discovery Cove. What Florida, did I say? Florida Cove. Discovery Cove. <laughs> No, it is Discovery Cove. You're calling it Florida Cove. It's been a while since you guys went there. Yeah, that was our couple things to do before yeah. the kids came. Yeah. <laughs> before they started reproducing <laughs> constantly. Now, now, it's been three months since Julie's had a baby. I'm, I'm guessing within the next two or three <laughs> weeks ready. she'll be pregnant again. No, we're like we're like Lucy and Ricky. We're, we have two twin beds now. <laughs> <laughs> so... All right, that'll do it for what's new this month. Uh, we're going to start out talking about Portofino Bay, uh, giving our, uh, my review of Portofino Bay. Uh, now, keep in mind that uh, we were at Portofino Bay for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter package uh, back in uh, May 28th through the beginning of June. And uh, fortunately... There are still some things I can talk about uni- where Universal is concerned right now and say something positive. 
um, I've been I've been a going I, I've been staying at the Portofino Bay pretty regularly for about the last nine years, maybe a little bit longer. And I can tell you, I can't come up with really and truly, I can't come up with one instance where that hotel has really disappointed me. Nope. And this was no exception. This really was no exception. This is a wonderful hotel, arguably my favorite hotel in Orlando. It's just so different. Uh, the, 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 the theming, the, the elegance, the relaxed elegance of this hotel is just, it's just fabulous. I love it. I absolutely love going over there. Uh, our check-in process was a little, uh, a little cumbersome on this trip. There seemed to be an issue with our reservation. And the guy behind the counter, it took about 20 minutes for us to check in. It was a while. And the guy behind the counter was having trouble getting, because we had two rooms. Uh, One of them had been added at the last minute. uh, And I had actually pulled some strings to get the room added. But, uh, you know, he was, but he was very nice. He was very apologetic. And like I said, I wasn't getting upset because I knew that this was, it was some unusual stuff done with the reservation to get the second room added. And so he was just having trouble making, making both reservations talk to each other, I guess, or whatever they do. Um, so we, we sat there for about 20 minutes, but he was really professional and really very friendly, um, I do think that Portofino, Universal in general, would benefit from utilizing some kind of online check-in system the way that Disney has, where you can go online uh, up to 10 days before you arrive, check in online, put all the pertinent information, the credit cards you're going to use for incidentals, uh, all the information they normally need. And then when you get there, there's a packet ready with your room keys in it and your hotel information and you're in and out. But your vacation start exactly. right away. Exactly. Because that's a huge hotel. You can get quite a few people book, uh, checking in at one Well, time. I mean, we checked in at 530 in the morning and there was a line already. Yeah. So, I mean, we had gotten there early because that was going to be the first day we were going to be able to get in to the Wizarding World of, of Harry Potter. So it was, uh, you know, we got there really, really early. I got like virtually no sleep that night, <laughs> but uh, but we did check in. Uh, our rooms were not ready, uh, but again at five thirty in the morning, right. I was you not expect expecting that. them to be ready. But uh, they were ready um, mm-hmm. by the time we got back from the park, which was earlier than we anticipated because we were only allowed to be in the park for two hours. But that was a story for, from last month's show. And uh, but by the time we got back to the hotel, I'd say about eleven o'clock. Our rooms were ready, and the rooms at Portofino are very large, much larger than most standard hotel rooms you'll find anywhere else. the The regular, you know, the regular rooms are about four hundred and sixty square feet, and uh, we were happened to be in a deluxe room. We had two deluxe rooms, four hundred and ninety square feet each. So. And they were connecting, which was really nice. So it was, we uh, each one of these rooms had two queen beds. Um, the main difference, other than the size between a standard room and a deluxe room, are, are the bathrooms. Uh, the deluxe rooms have a separate tub and shower. They also have uh, shutters. Shutters that open up into the main part of the room. And I'm one of these people. <laughs> 
there does not need to be windows, shutters, or other <laughs> alternate ports of entry into a bathroom. A door will suffice. So you're there is nothing going on in the bathroom that is of interest. I'm only thinking those are soundproof shutters. If you were in the shutter, if you're in the bathtub and you wanted to hear the TV or watch the TV, I don't know well, why no, you, you would. If need you that. want to hear the television, there is a speaker in the bathroom. They have a speaker in the bathroom. People will notice when they go into the bathroom, there's a dial there, and they have no idea what the dial is for. Crank it up. That I have dial, to admit, I, did, I had no clue. The <laughs> dial is for the volume of the television. If you, so if you have the television going, uh, you can. Hmm. Actually, Max and I were sitting there, and I guess someone had turned it all the way up. So when we turned the TV on, we're like, I keep hearing an echo. Do you hear that? <laughs> and we finally wandered in and said, oh, there's a speaker in the bathroom. Anyway. And along with the speaker in the bathroom is also the requisite phone in the bathroom, which I will never use because it's like <laughs> I like to order a pizza. Well, no, it's not even that. It's not even that. It's like who used that before, and what you're not going to tell doing? me they washed their hands before they did it. So, because look where it's yeah, I it's mean, impossible. I guess you're, so you're sitting there. Yeah, oh if you're sitting there and you make the phone call, side of it. you're you know you're not going to wash your hands until after you're sitting there. So, am I right? right. I never thought of that. So, I do not. I I absolutely will not touch that phone. That phone, in my opinion, I don't care. (laughs) It is a, it is a, any any phone in a bathroom is a den of bacteria, if you ask me. But uh, beautiful rooms, very, very well appointed, really comfortable. Everything's really comfortable. A couple things I'm going to knock them for. Uh, there was some dust in some places where there shouldn't have been, like on the ledge uh, where the where the shutters were going right. into the bathroom. Uh, it had not been dusted in a while, and there was, you know, if we run our finger across and we see a measurable amount of dust, then we know it's been sitting there for a while. Uh, I also noticed under the beds, uh, there were dust bunnies under the beds, no garbage, but it didn't look like they had been vacuuming under the beds. With those two exceptions... Unless you can remember something I forgot. No. Uh, the rooms were very clean. The bathroom was very clean. The beds are so comfortable. These, are, these beds are also high up off the ground, uh, higher than, than a normal bed would be. And they're so, the, the, the bedding and the mattress, I think, are so overstuffed that this bed looks like it's about six feet tall. Um, not really. I mean, I'm being, you know, it's hyperbole, but you get the idea. But they're very, very comfortable. You know, for me, one of the measurements of a, of a hotel, a very important measurement of a theme park hotel is, is this a bed you want to fall into after spending 10 hours in the heat running around a theme park? You know, just that, that sense of falling into this really comfortable pillow top bed with really comfortable squishy pillows and... Mm-hmm. A nice, comfortable comforter, and you know, just that whole thing. Um, that's my that's my gauge for how good a bed is this. And that these are some of the best. These really are some of the most comfortable beds uh, you'll sleep in. But you know, for the price point, you know, Portofino Bay is the is the technically it's the it's the flagship of the three resorts. Although you will find prices at the Hard Rock routinely more expensive. Than Portofino, I think, because Hard Rock is a little bit more popular. The, and you, know, you can, popularity. it's in walking distance too. It's right. Everything's next to the in parks. walking distance, but I don't think it's something you really. Hard Rock do. is the closest. Then there's Royal Pacific, and then uh, Portofino is the furthest away. 
there is a walking path from Portofino over to the parks. Which we did every morning, so it's not It's not bad. It's about a 10-minute walk, but there's also a... uh, It's about 10 minutes to islands, a couple minutes less. It's not bad. No, No, it's not. It's a little walk, But, you know, if if you're talking 90-degree weather with 90% humidity... Makes it a little different. Then you're going to stand in the park all day and... Yeah, then you're going to wait three and a half hours to get candy. You can grab one of those bike they have, Yeah, I was about to say, they have the guys with the bike. They work for yeah. tips. Yep, they work for tips. That's important to note. But they also have the bus or the uh, the, the, the boat the boat service, which I love. I love I those love boats. Boat those are such great, great rides to and from the parks. But uh, so we were very comfortable in the room. I give the room decent marks. I'm not going to say... I, I can't give it perfect scores uh, because of the dust, but still, you know, clean, comfortable room, large room, comfortable beds. Uh, the pools, two pools. Well, uh, we're talking about the rooms right now. Okay, okay. Um, so, you know, but we're ta- also talking about paying two. I think we're paying two sixty-five a night per room. So these are not inexpensive rooms, but definitely worth it and definitely less expensive than you would get at a comparable deluxe hotel at Walt Disney World. Oh, yeah. Uh, substantially less. And there are, there are very few hotel rooms at Disney that are going to clock in at 460 or 490 square feet. So that's something to keep in mind. It's another reason I prefer the hotel. As far as... Dining options are concerned. Uh, you have uh, basically there are there are three full service restaurants: uh, Biche, uh, which is their signature full service restaurant; Mama Della's, which is uh, somewhat more laid back, still very nice, and then um, South. No, that's not full service. That's oh. counter service. Uh, the Trattoria. Uh, which is their less expensive restaurant. The food at the Trattoria has always disappointed me. This trip was no exception. I don't know what it is about the Trattoria. Uh, They can't seem to do better than okay with the food there. And I don't understand why, because so much else at Portofino, food-wise, is really good. Mama Della's, my favorite restaurant in Orlando. I go there constantly. I love Mama Della's. Portion sizes are huge. The food is really, really fresh. They really prepare a, re- a remarkable meal at Mama Della's, worth every penny. Yeah, I've ate, I've ate there once with you. It's, it's terrific. It's I a mean, terrific restaurant. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, it's good. Okay, because yeah, we go there really all the time. Yeah, we're there constantly. Yeah, from out of town, come that's where he likes to take them. Yeah, always. And family, my family's here. Uh, I've never eaten at Beach A, so I can't speak to it. It's always gotten very good reviews. So, what's the one that sits out by the water? All the tables, Mama Della's. Well, you've or, got Mama Della's is uh, on the piazza. Well, they're all on the piazza. Uh, Trattoria is on the piazza. Yeah, I'm thinking of a different one. Mama Della's is on the piazza, but so is Sal's. Uh, Further away f- from uh, the thirsty fish. All, yeah, you're talking about the, that's the bar. Okay. Um, we sat. I sat out there one night, and I'm sure was you at, did. It was that night, and uh, drank quite a bit. I'm sure <laughs> it was really nice. <laughs> Yeah, we were, that's I mean, when we were there. there. Yeah. Uh, now, Sal's Market Deli is right down from uh, Trotteria and Mama Della's are right next to each other. Sal's Market Deli is down a little further. And I got to tell you, we were very happy with Sal's. We ate a lot of meals. Especially in the morning. They have the uh, 
uh, croissants sandwiches? They have yeah, the ham and cheese croissant sandwiches, uh, the warm ham and cheese croissant sandwiches for breakfast. They have pastries, bagels, cereal, things like that that you can buy at Sal's. Uh, but we found those croissant sandwiches, those breakfast sandwiches were good. They were good. We, we really liked them. Uh, also open for lunch and dinner, uh, hot and cold sandwiches, pizzas. flatbread pizza. And the flatbread pizza is quite good. It really, really is quite good. And uh, found that to be a good alternative to that monstrous trotteria. It's just, it's. Oh, yeah, because we ate there one time and it really was not. A very good no. yeah. And this is, Trotteria is also where uh, room service comes from. And, you know, room service, we ordered room service a couple of times. It was okay. It was okay. But, you know, you're basically paying a 22% premium for Trotteria food in room service. Hmm. You know, if you really want it that badly, go down there, order it, and bring it back to your room. Save yourself the 20, 22% plus a service charge. Yeah. So... Because I, m- I remember the first day we were there, we had we all had lunch. Four of us had lunch. Nothing extraordinary. It was eighty five dollars for room service for lunch. So that's pricey. Yeah, they get you. That's pricey. So uh, the other options for the other uh, dining option is uh, Splendido Pizzeria over by the uh, the main pool, which uh, is weird because the pizza there is different than the flatbread pizza. Served at Sal's. Better or worse? Well, no, not worse. It's much more in line with the crappy pizza they serve in the theme park. And I shouldn't say that. Their pizza is somewhat better. But I always recommend to people, if you want a pizza while you're at the pool, just take the, walk the extra two minutes and go to Sal's and get one of those flatbreads. They're much, much better. Really and truly. They're much better. Now, we didn't eat there this time. I don't know if anything's changed. But... Uh, it's been there forever, and it's been disappointing forever. So there's also hamburgers, hot dogs, and other types of fast food, pool food. Yeah, pool food uh, yeah. available there. You can be picky, but you can't be too picky if you're going to be eating at a pool. Yeah, exactly. Now, you speaking of pools, there are two pools at Portofino Bay. You've got the the family pool, the big pool, which is really beautifully themed. It's a lagoon style pool. Uh, zero entry, which means if you are in uh, a wheelchair, if you have somebody in your party who's in a wheelchair, uh, there's no problem basically just rolling right in uh, to the pool, which is really nice. There's a nice uh, children's area uh, on the side. Children's play area. With water features, playground stuff. I mean, it's, it's really nice if you had small kids. Yeah. No, it's a wonderful pool. Great slide. Kids love it. A really comfortable pool. Then there is the, I guess... Well, it's referred to as the villa pool, but it's like the quiet pool, the more adult pool. There are no slides. There are no water features. It's just a really, really nice pool. And uh, then they have a, a hot tub, a really large hot tub, and a really large like, kiddie pool. Warm. No, or, there's two tubs. One is like very lukewarm, and then one's actually hot. So if you don't really even like hot tubs and you just want to sit in something warm, they actually have one of those. Okay. And they're quite large. They hold about, I would say, Maybe eight, ten, ten people. But for me, the great feature around the quiet pool are the cabanas. I love, love, oh, love pool gorgeous. cabanas. And Universal does them really well. This is true at all of their resorts. They're, all their resorts have pool cabanas. And these are uh, the, the fully 
enclosed cabanas with a ceiling fan, table and chairs, small refrigerator, which normally comes stocked with water and soda. TV. Um, there's a TV, a telephone. Uh, the telephone is only for internal use. It's not for, like, you know, let me call grandma. Uh, and uh, Cabana to toilet calls. <laughs> well, mostly for room service, if you want it, because another nice thing, having your lunch served to you in your cabana, mm-hmm. even though it is coming from the Trotteria. Um, but really nice. The price for the cabanas ranges all depending on time of year and how busy they are. So, I mean, I've paid, I mean, wild, it swings wildly. You can rent them for half a day. You can rent them for the whole day. Sometimes I've gotten them for as little as $100. Sometimes I've paid as much as almost 200 for the cabana. So it does, you know, these aren't set prices. I, overall, I have to say that, that it really is this, it's an oasis. This hotel really is truly an oasis within Orlando. It's hard to imagine that you're 10 miles from downtown. Or that you're in the middle of a theme park complex when you're staying in this hotel. The whole feeling of being in Portofino, Italy, the, the way everything is done, the way the hotel is run in particular goes a long way towards this. And I should point out that Universal does not run the hotel. Lowe's, Lowe's Hotels do, uh, uh, runs these hotels. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Especially with the garbage we're seeing with Harry Potter. Uh it is literally yeah yeah it's uh, and and it's not just that it's run well that the hotel is run well but it has been run well so consistently for like i said nine years i'm I'm going there in nine years i have a very consistent experience staff was remarkably friendly very willing to help uh, with anything you ask of them nobody gives you attitude I'm trying to think if anybody gave us any attitude well, no, during that stay. Um, housekeeping, we were we were up very early, so a lot of times we would take a nap. So if I saw him, I would just gather up dirty towels, run, and just say, "Can I have clean towels and more products?" And they would give you whatever you wanted. And it's important to note that the uh, uh, when Walter asked your, for more your products, illness? I have an illness when it comes to hotel hoarding bath products. <laughs> bath products, yes. <laughs> It's, it's drawers and drawers. I do. I have two huge drawers in my bathroom full of bath products. Like, from I, I, I have them for guests. I'm like, how many people stay at your house? <laughs> oh, dear God, you're set for like 10 years or something. I don't know. It's, it's really because I don't use them myself. Okay. <laughs> what are you it's doing? Hoarding. <laughs> it's, you know, I used to do this. I used to do this with, with cologne when I was younger. I would buy. I mean, there were times where my dresser had. I mean, I still have a lot of cologne, but there was a time where, at any given moment, I had sixty or seventy bottles of cologne. Sixty, not six or seven. No, six zero or seven zero. Oh my gosh! Bottles of cologne. I don't have all one. different fragrances. All different fragrances. <laughs> we walk by and we see a cart that no one's attending, and Pete's like, "Do you see anybody?" No, I. <laughs> I never have done that. I joke about that. It's very important to be clear here that. If I ask for extra, I actually ask for extra. I don't go pilfering on the cart. Um, never have I done that. Grab a towel, shovel it yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was nice because we went up to the woman. We, I went up. We, we were together, Walter and I. And we went up to the the house. I think it was a housekeeping manager, and 
said, can we get some extras? And she goes, how much do you want? I said, how much can you spare? She got a bag out. And she got a bag out, and she just filled the bag with stuff. And Pete's I mean, getting all giddy because he's getting all the products. <laughs> That's funny. But I always make sure when housekeeping does that for me, I leave them a very nice tip. Um, I try and leave a nice tip anyway, but especially They're when the unsung heroes of uh, hotels. Oh, at every hotel. Because you always think about tipping valet. Your whoever. bellman, your valet, your, your service. I don't think a lot of people tip housekeeping, and that's a very hard job. That's so. a, it's a miserable job. That's a miserable, miserable job. And, yeah, you should always tip your housekeeper. How much do you normally tip a housekeeper? You know, look, if... Depends uh, on how uh, many bottles of conditioner he has. <laughs> well, no, it really depends on how messy you leave the room. Oh, yeah. If, if you're a pig, like Walter and I are pigs in hotel rooms. We're just pigs. And within, you've never seen two people trash a hotel room. <laughs> You'd think we were like rock stars or something. Um, just clothes everywhere. It's awful. It's really terrible. It's embarrassing. But, you know, so I, I do tend to leave nice tips for the housekeeper. You, you could leave uh, a couple of dollars a day. You, you don't have to leave it each day. At the end of your stay, you put... A certain amount on your pillow. Your pillow is the best place to put it. Right, not by your personal belongings. Right, because if it's you know if there's cash just laying around the room, the housekeeper should not touch it. But if it's on the pillow, that's the generally accepted place for you to leave a a, a tip for your your housekeeper. So that's what about different housekeepers? Is there the same one? Well, you really day? don't know. Yeah, I mean, so. so you leave a tip for housekeeper. I was thinking the same thing. So if you're going to wait till the end of your stay. So, so maybe you do it a couple couple nights instead yeah. of one at the end. Right. You know, it might work out better. Exactly. Exactly. So, but uh, overall, uh, great experience at the hotel. Loved it. Can highly, highly recommend it. On a scale of one to a uh, hundred, I give the Portofino Bay a ninety-four. Um, they get, even though they get knocked for some uh, issues with you know dust and food uh, at the Trattoria. Uh, for consistency, for service, for the overall value of not just of the property, but how well you can relax there and how quickly you can relax there with the environment, with the way everything is done. Um, they really deserve high marks. Can really recommend it. Really, really and truly recommend Portofino. It is safe as among my, my favorite hotels in Orlando. And if I'll stay there, you should stay there because I'm tough to please. Although so far the hotel reviews this year, I've liked everything. I haven't. Yeah, haven't but we had, haven't had a well. Big no, experience. that's not true. Royal Pacific, we did have. I did have a bit. You weren't there though. I was sick. This yeah, I didn't um, get to do that. I one. did have some experiences, but even even you know with the, the experience with Royal Pacific was kind of like one major thing. The rest of it was great. I mean, I've so. never been tempted to stay at Royal Pacific. I like Hard Rock. That's my favorite. I do. Um, it's my favorite. Portofino, if it's just me and Julie, it's more romantic. But if we're going to bring the kids to a hotel, I'd choose Hard, hard rock. rock. Yeah. Just because they can be a little wild. Oh, that'll be my next. It'll let them be wild. <laughs> that'll be my next uh, hotel review. Hard Rock. The Hard Rock. You yeah. stayed there before, right, Will? No. Oh, I thought you were there with us one no, time. No, we, uh, we went for the Battle of the Bands. Oh, yeah, yeah. That night. We didn't, we didn't stay. Make sure you check out the, the photos. If you haven't seen any of these, uh, we've got lots of photos of all the different resorts. So, Talking about the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Now, uh, this 
really is going to be devoid of any of the other criticisms I have about the grand opening, about uh, the package issues that we had. I've discussed that on the show already. Uh, there's no reason for me to keep discussing it. If you want to hear my opinion of the grand opening, go listen to last week's Diz Unplugged show. Uh, if you want to hear my impressions of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter package issues we had at the end of May, go back and listen to the, the June uh, Universal show. Uh, this I want to talk with where Harry Potter is concerned. The big issue is how to structure your visit to mitigate the lines. There is no not going to be any avoiding lines right. for at least the rest of the summer. We'll have to see what September and October bring. But for the rest of the summer, the lines are really, really absurd. And when I say that, I don't mean that at 90 minutes or 120 minutes for Forbidden Journey is absurd. It really isn't for a, a, a premier attraction uh, in the summer. Actually, the fact that it's 90 to 100, I'll, I'll have to give him this. The fact that it's 90 to 120 minutes on average right now for Forbidden Journey means that they have done a good job of absorbing crowds into that attraction and moving them through. Because if they weren't, the popularity of that attraction should would be seeing lines of three, four hours. Yeah, I was if, surprised because uh, we went there in the middle of the day, the worst time you can go on Wednesday. Uh, we got there at 12.30, and the line was 120 minutes. But as we were there for a little bit, it went down to 90 like around two o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't expect that. That's not. That's not too bad. Wasn't too bad. No, we didn't think it jumped from one twenty at all. You yeah. know, so to see it at ninety was that was good. So it's, and and most of that that queue is indoor and air conditioned. There's one piece of uh, Forbidden Journey that's outdoor. There's two large. There's two pieces before you get even to the before you get. Yeah, even before you get into the the greenhouse, there's uh, an outside queue. Well, that's, I consider that all part of the greenhouse there because it leads up to the greenhouse, but it's all it's all under that same type of cover. It's mm-hmm. not there was no cover there. So the days we went, this, they didn't have that part open. But when it started getting busy, they can op- they can cut off the queue and lead oh, you yeah, out okay, into a separate right. that's right whole well, outdoor area. So with with that. But right. given the size of the of the queue area, that really is a small portion of it. To, you can't characterize that as the majority of your wait time is going to be spent in the sun waiting for Forbidden Journey. The most brutal part, though. Well, it's be, because you're outside for that period, but the rest of your wait time, maybe, you know, a, come on. It's a small portion of, no, the, of the line. I mean, the vast majority of the time you're waiting is going to be indoors. Or undercover. Yeah, and there's fans up there where you're talking about. So, I mean, you know, fair is fair. But now that is not the case in virtually anything else else. (laughs) um, having to do with Harry Potter. And and I'm not even going to talk about lines for attractions because there are lines for the stores. There's lines for Butterbeer. Turns out the longest, most unwieldy line at Wizarding World of Harry Potter is for Ollivanders. Yeah. And they made no attempt for a, a queue line there. So it just sort of starts forming and snaking uh, you around. You people holding maps over their head oh, to try bad. to shade themselves. Now, for those not familiar, Ollivanders is the wand shop where you can... The wand chooses you. Right. And there are actually two parts to that. 
There is the part where there's a show. We have video of that up on the site. Uh, the part where there's a show where, you know, a wizard comes out and selects somebody out of the audience and goes through the whole thing. If you've watched the Harry Potter movies, you saw that in the first one where the wand chose, you know, the wand chose Harry. And it's very similar to that with the special effects and the sound and the music and all that other stuff. That's what people are waiting two hours for. If you just want to go and buy a wand, you can go into the store right next to it, which says Owl Post on it. But that's actually the wand shop where you can buy them. And there's a line to get in there, too. Uh, not as long as the two-hour wait that seems to form routinely to get into Ollivander's and see the show. There's a lot of confusion. A lot of people think that they need to see the show to buy a wand. Right. You do not. I mean, the, the, the cast member that I feel uh, sorry for the most is the one outside of Ollivander's. She's constantly having to describe what this is. You don't need to see the show to buy a wand. And she's constantly telling people it's going to be about two hours, and we can only let a few people in at a time. They let between 20 and 25 people into Ollivander's at a time for the, the show portion. It's very small. A very small about how scene. long is that? It's, uh, I, I think it's about five minutes. Wow. wow. And another issue that has come up is you know people want their kid to get picked to be the kid who gets to select sure. the want. Uh, and there's all sorts of tips flying around on the web about strategies to do this. Honestly, uh, if your kid is down in front, what I've noticed the few times that I've seen it, uh, the people that got chosen were down in front and were usually wearing like a robe or something that really delineated them as a the shirt and the tie. The a tie, Harry yeah. Potter fan. Yeah. Don't wear a Disney shirt. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing a Mickey Mouse shirt won't get you selected. Uh, now, in the back of the wand shop is Dervish and Banks. Now, they're connected. It's an open connection between the two stores. Dervish and Banks, and there's also, from what you were telling me, Will and uh, Corey were there the other day, there was a line to get into Dervish and Banks as well. Right, both. Because the... When you go into the owl post, that door right there, there was a cast member there letting people know this is exit only. So you had to go around, and the line um, started into the back of the store and was kind of going along that back wall, and the end of the line was at the entrance to Dragon Challenge. So. You know, that's actually not that bad because when we went, they were having people to go in and out both doors, and you couldn't move. I mean, it was, it was actually scary because you got there and you could not move one way or the other. It's a claustrophobic store for sure. So at so, least if you have one way to get in and one way to get out, at least you're doing better than... Yeah, keep in mind opening. that the, uh, the stores are small. The aisles in the stores are small. Tiny small. And it feels very claustrophobic when you're in there. That, that was also the case for Honeydukes and Zonko's. Honeydukes is the, the candy store and Zonko's is the magic. The, uh, yeah, the joke shop. Joke shop. The, you couldn't enter through Zonko's. You had to enter through Honeydukes, and they had a line outside of that store also. Wow. Yeah, that so line was moving faster than Dervish and Bangs. So. Yeah, so it's the, really the Wizarding World of Unruly Lines. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the bathroom was the only, only place that didn't have a line. Even the, uh, you know, you're talking about, you know, we're hearing 30-minute waits just to get butterbeer at the outdoor cart. Yeah. But as Corey and Will had mentioned before the show started to us, 
that uh, a lot of people don't realize, you can go into the Hogshead, uh, the, the Hogshead Bar, which there was also a line for, right? Um, to get butter beer, you can get butter beer in there, and it's usually a little bit shorter than. Well, it's it's shorter, and also you're inside, so it's yeah. air conditioned. It, when we got there, it it was like just had the, the, the beginning of the line was right outside, right at the door. Yeah, yeah. it didn't take long. Oh, at all. And there's bad. two there's two servers inside uh, the bar, unlike the cart where it's with one attendant server. Yeah, right, right. You know, and you get to see the the cool ha- hogs that definitely yeah. go in the bar. And I like that. that yeah, out. that was a nice touch. I wasn't expecting it, and you're standing there, and it, it happens, and you're like, wow, that's yeah, pretty neat. It's pretty yeah. neat. Yeah, I would definitely suggest checking the bar out um, if you want butter beer and you don't want to wait outside in the sun, depending on the line. I also read something on the boards, you know, as far as a touring uh, tip, that the lockers that they have to hold your camera equipment and everything you can't bring on the ride with you, those are not large enough to hold wands. So if you go there and you buy a wand and then you want to go ride all the attractions, you kind of it's not going to S O L. That's really. ridiculous. That, also, that and, ridiculous. you know what a, lot, what a lot of people are suggesting too is that you know as far as touring goes, that you go to uh, Olivander's first because that is the most difficult line. Absolutely, do that first to get through. To get through, um, because all of that line is outside in the sun, no shade. So really and truly, that's that's really where you should yeah. go first but you've got to now consider um just don't buy your wand then go see the show right. exit through the gift shop go do the rides and then on your way out buy a wand. you're gonna have to wait in the the dervish and bangs line which but is a bummer two lines to know. buy but it's either yeah. that or you know somebody standing outside the the ride while you're holding a wand yeah that's ridiculous because they know it's going to be popular do they not think olivanders was going to be popular because there's no like Q area, it's just you know it's uh, my impression. Again, I'm, I really don't want to get oh, yeah, going, yeah. Right, right, right. but my impression was they didn't know anything about anything going into this <laughs> because the way the whole thing has been managed from earlier this year with the release of the packages to the actual execution of the packages, to the grand opening of the park, has really been terrible. I mean, has just been awful from start to finish, top to bottom. It's just been awful. So, I don't know. I, I can't answer the question, did they not think it was going to be? I, I guess not. Uh, but then again, there's been no consideration made for, you know, it's been open now for three weeks. You can put up some umbrellas. You can do yeah. something to help mitigate the having people stand in the sun yeah. constantly for two hours. I'm thinking they don't want to mess up the theming. Well, they're going to have to do something. They could put yeah. a canopy between, right. you know, right there that would give a lot of shade and not not disturb the view. Yeah, make it look like one of those flags, you know, that red and gold a color, medieval tint kind of canvas. There's no, all sorts of things. Yeah. There are all sorts of things that can be done, but something does need to be done. Yeah, because that's too hot. About. Uh, about it getting uh, getting up there. I mean, g- getting something done to to fix some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, the uh, and I know this sounds like a cop out when talking about touring strategies, but 
really, it's never been more important than if you want to go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter to be there 90 minutes, at least 90 minutes before the park opens. Uh, to be in a position where as soon as you can get in, get in. Uh, they are opening Harry Potter, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, early for on-site guests. And we are hearing conflicting reports about it opening at 7, it opening at 8. I think it changes from day to day. I think it changes. Uh, You know, so I, I think you should also manage your expectations by going into the experience knowing that Universal's communication with their frontline cast members is not very good. And oftentimes, and this is also a good reason not to take things out on the cast members, or the team members, excuse me, I keep getting corrected on that. The employees. Don't take it out on the people on the front line. These guys are doing the best they can. The fault, and in in particular, in this case, with the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, the fault lies solely with management. Management is not doing a good job communicating or coordinating the things they need to communicate or coordinate. And it's the team members on the ground, on the front lines, that are having to take the vast majority of the abuse from disgruntled guests, angry guests, guests with heat stroke. So please do not take it out on them. Ask for their manager and then take it out on them. That's what you should do. I definitely see them um, going the right way with crowd control. One way in, one way out with these small stores. They really do, though, if if this queue for Ollivanders is going to be permanent, they really need to do something about mm-hmm. that. Because we were walking around. There's really no place to sit other than the Owlry. Right. And that was shade. packed. We were like, oh, can we just find a spot with a little bit of shade for a minute? Right. You see a lot of people, people sitting like, up against wall, up yeah, against the walls. Absolutely. Well, that's why also well, that's part, right. of, right. part of any touring plan this summer to Wizarding World of Harry Potter must include uh, not just buying water when you're in the park, having some with you already so that if you're stuck in a two-hour line and you can't get out, you've got a bottle of water. And I would strongly recommend... Uh, Crystal Light, for example, has them. Uh, a couple of brands have them. The hydration packets, the, the flavor mm-hmm. packets you can add to a bottle of water um, that add electrolytes into your into your system. That's going to really help in terms of avoiding heat stroke. Heat stroke has been a real problem at Universal the last three weeks, two or three weeks. It's been in the mid-90s since the middle of June. It's been extremely warm. So. It's been extremely warm. Um, now, another thing that you can utilize for touring, which I, I came across last week, which I really like. It's an app if you have the iPhone. Uh-huh. Um, if you have an iPhone or an iPad, there is an app called uh, the Universal Guide. It's put out by Theme Park Nerds. It's $1.99. And I like it because it has what appears to be, anyway, I haven't checked it out in real time, but they look pretty accurate. Uh, It appears to be wait times for all the attractions actually coming from Universal Orlando, for example. I'm looking right now and can see that it's a 30-minute wait for Flight of the Hippogriff, an hour and 30 minutes for Forbidden Journey. And 10 minutes for Dragon Challenge. Yeah, that was nothing. (laughs) We just kept walking through that, got right on, and... 
Still, no one's riding the dragon. That was no, yeah, it was, we were right on. What, right on, what right they on. should be adding, what Universal should be adding, are wait times for butterbeer <laughs> yeah. stores, yeah. Ollivanders. Um, one tip I want to not forget to mention is that the lockers are free for an hour. So take advantage of that. Um, walk up there, and it's per person. It's like you can get, you can each get a locker, and you come back in an hour and get your stuff, and you know, go back. But take advantage of that because it doesn't cost anything, and it's you know, or just. Spend the money and leave it, you know. For the sun, would you recommend bringing an umbrella or would that just be too I think sunblock and an umbrella. Yep, there, um, there are a lot of people with umbrellas. And bottled and, water. Yeah. I think these are three things if in If you're going to be stuck out in the sun, an umbrella seems pretty good. Just be careful with the people around you. Don't stare. Sunblock, no question about it. Oh, absolutely. You you're really in Florida. need to have You will burn quickly. What's up, Redneck? I know. I didn't put any on. Julie's my sunblock uh, guard. She wasn't, and she wasn't with you the she other day, wasn't with so, me, so. Uh, there was no sunblock on I was looking at. I'm the sunblock Nazi. I go around spraying people. Did you put yeah, sunblock? Julie. <laughs> so it's uh, getting there early, staying on site, uh, Ollivander's Forbidden Journey. Get those two things out of the way. Uh, first thing, if you want to go back and do them again, great. At least you've got them under your belt before you have to wait two hours to ride something. Um but the other thing I want to to mention is that um, what I've always hoped would happen as a result of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter uh, opening would be that people who had not been to Universal before, had not thought about going to Universal before, once they did, would experience some of the other things that are there in both parks that I've always loved. I mean, there are some great rides and attractions there, and I'm not a roller coaster freak. No. By any stretch of the imagination. I know everybody thinks, oh, you know, it's all about thrill rides. Um, you know, if you can handle a flume, if you can handle a, a raft ride, if you can handle, uh, you know, like Spider-Man, which is just a, you know, it's a ride through. I mean, it's an extreme ride through, but it's not like, oh, my God, I'm going to get sick. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. No. Nothing like that. There's plenty of options there if you don't like roller coasters. Islands of Adventure is great. I mean, you- I have never been on one of the roller coasters at Islands of Adventure in the entire time I've been going to Universal over the years. I've never been on any of their roller coasters, and have had a wonderful time in their theme parks, uh, just the same. And this is especially true if you're staying on site and you've got the Express Pass. There is, it is such a different experience. It is such a different experience. Because everyone is coming for Harry Potter, but yeah, I'm glad you brought up that point because the rest of the Islands of Adventure is great. There's a lot of really well, nice Well, both parks. I really like both parks. I like Universal Studios uh, uh, Florida. I like uh, Islands of Adventure. And there is a lot of really cool stuff to do in, in both parks. Yeah. And I'm hoping that th- that is a, a positive upside of all this craziness at Wizarding World is that you know, as people experience it, because really, Wizarding World of Harry Potter is not an all-day event. No, it's not. No. If it's an all-day event, it's only because the lines are all day. Uh, so, I, I mean, there's a lot of other things to do there, and I really, really hope that people will go experience those things, especially if you're upset about the lines at Harry Potter, if you're upset about being out in the sun at Harry Potter. Give the rest of the place a chance. Don't blow off 
the entire all of Universal simply because you had a bad experience in in Harry in, in the, at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter because you went there thinking it was going to be a theme park and it turned out to be a shoebox, you know. <laughs> but again, I've already gone through that uh, previously on the show. But these are some things we thought uh, were important to point out. Now that uh, we've got a couple of weeks under our belt with uh, Harry Potter open to see, you know, how things were going to flesh out. The summer is going to be nuts. Whether or not, I mean, it will calm down some in September. How much remains to be seen. It may mean that the line for Ollivanders is only 45 minutes instead of two hours. But there'll still be a line. We'll, we'll have to see how it shakes out come September, October, November. I bet it stays pretty busy. I'm going to keep going and check it out, not necessarily to ride the rides, but just to kind of walk around and get a feeling. Yeah, yeah I have to wait. I, yeah, see, I normally don't like doing the parks in the summer to begin with, but I like it even less if it's a small area and, the, and it's overly crowded. Mm-hmm. I, I just <laughs> I can't. Uh, but they have some wonderful um, water rides, so if it's hot, you can get as wet as you want to get. Oh, yeah. Uh, Popeye and Pluto's Bill Trap Arches you is my soaked. favorite water ride anywhere. Absolutely. You will soaked. get soaked on that ride. And it's my favorite water ride. It's so good. Yeah, especially for Islands of Adventure, that's another good tip. Uh, bring a change of socks. Bring a, uh, some dry clothes. If or you wear think. sandals. Or wear sandals. Yeah. Um, but definitely have some dry clothes. Because in the humidity, your clothes do not dry out quickly. Especially when it's very humid. Your clothes tend to stay wet a lot longer. But uh, so that's that's basically what we wanted to cover about Wizarding World. We do have some emails we wanted to uh, we wanted to read. Uh, first one comes from Sue F in the UK in Manchester, UK. Uh, Hi guys, thanks for all your efforts in the podcast. I really appreciate them every week. I was looking on Google Earth this week at Universal Studios. No Harry Potter yet. But I did notice that the old Hard Rock Cafe building was still there behind the Curious George area. Presumably this is now abandoned. I was wondering if any of you know why it has been left all this time without them doing anything with it. And if there are plans for it to be used in the future. Thanks again for all you do. Um, Sue, the, uh, the old Hard Rock building, the last time I heard was being used for training. Now, whether it's, and that was a few years ago. So I don't know if it's still being used for that. But I believe Universal does use that space. For internal, you know, something business stuff, not for guest stuff. The thing I was upset about was when they tore down the uh, mock-up of uh, the Psycho House. They used to have the whole Psycho House <laughs> yeah. there, the Bates Motel yeah. and stuff. And I was, I, I just, I, I missed that because that's uh, back where the Curious George area is. Uh, that's where that used to be, and then that was also where you could go exit the park and go right into the Hard Rock Cafe. When did they get rid of that? Oh, well, when they built the uh, Curious George area. Um, See, my first time at Universal was, uh, I'm thinking, 98. It was before that. Yeah, because I don't remember that. I would have. It was before that. They were getting ready. They were getting ready to build City Walk. They were getting ready to build the hotels because the hotels in City Walk all kind of happened very quickly. So I don't remember exactly when it happened, but yeah, it was before that. I think. Yeah, it was. It, it must have been. It must have been. I'm not sure. But 
So, well, thank you very much for writing, Sue. I have one from Wendy. Uh, she's from the UK. We are coming to Walt Disney World in August, and I have a question. How can I get from a Disney resort to Universal Studios? We won't have a car. We're hearing this question all the time. Yeah. You know, there's... We keep saying this about the ticket, the ticket with transfer included. I mean, it's a great, great price. It it, it includes tra- a transfer, round-trip transfer from Disney to Universal, and it includes a one-day, two-park ticket, $109 for an adult, 99 for a child. And it's the same price as... It's the same price as a, same price as a one-day, two-park ticket. Yeah. So I don't know if she has a ticket yet, but if you don't have a ticket and you plan on buying your ticket at the gate and you're just looking for transfers to get there... Buy this ticket first. It's yeah. advanced purchase only. Yep, advanced purchase only, and they will pick you up and drive you home, basically. There you go. Where can she get it? We'll have a link to it on the show notes page. Walter, you have one? Yes, I do. This one comes from Gretchen from Bloomsfield, Pennsylvania. Stitch Girlfriends on the board. It says, I really appreciate more information on planning a split trip between Universal and Disney. Next spring, we'll be heading to Universal for Harry Potter, and we'd like to st- spend the rest of the time at Disney. Um, she says she hasn't been to Disney's, I mean, to Universal since 1995. How would be the best way to split up a trip between Disney and Universal? That's a tough one because that's really a very personal decision. Um, you know, you could. You know, if if you weren't staying on site and you were, you wanted to see all of Universal and you wanted to do it at a leisure, leisurely pace, you're going to be there for four days. Um, if you were if you were on a quicker pace, though, you could couldn't you see most of it in one day per park? Wouldn't you think? Yeah, yeah I mean, you can if but, you had the VIP pass. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, you're right. not if during the that. summer. Yeah, not during right. the summer because of the lines. Um, it would be very very hard. I mean, I guess you could. I, I mean, wasn't thinking about that. Yeah, the it, lines it, it will all slow depends. You down. It all depends on you. It all depends on how much time do you really want to spend at Disney, and how much time do you want to spend at at Universal. Uh, in some cases, it's worth considering adding an extra day to your trip, um, or you know, staying on. You know, it, and it also, it really does matter if you're staying on site mm-hmm. or off site. And this is the question we get most often. I I cannot. It is impossible to describe the different the difference in the experience, especially during the summer, when you stay on site and you have that express pass with your room key. And the, if you do that park, if you do any, either of those two parks in the summer, once without the express pass and once with it, you will never not use that express pass again. You will never, ever, ever go there and not have that express pass on you. It's true. Uh, It makes such a difference. It makes it so much more enjoyable. It's so much more leisurely. It's so much less commando style. So it really is... uh, But again, these are... how, How many days to spend, that's entirely up to you. At the minimum... If you want to see both parks and you're going in the summer, two days minimum. That would be the minimum. Um, I would recommend three, and I would re- at least three, and recommend uh, a, a hotel room on site. Like you said, with a hotel on site, it's possible between one day. You can hit all the highlights. That's for sure. 
if you had a day for each park and the and the fast pass, you'd be able to do it. But without that, no, you wouldn't be able to see very much of it. All right, I have one here from Paul in Oxnard, California. I've been going to Walt Disney World every other year since 2000, but for this year's trip, I'm thinking of making Universal my home base. It sounds like there are more new things for me to see there than at Walt Disney World, uh, Harry Potter, Rip Ride Rocket, Blue Man Group, and so on. That being the case, I have a couple of questions. I've always stayed at a moderate resort for all my trips to Walt Disney World. What would you recommend as the equivalent in terms of price and amenities at or near Universal? Uh, I'm thinking of going in late October, early November. Since this isn't the usual time of year I go, I normally go in January, could you tell me what kind of package discounts might be available for Universal? Would it make more sense in terms of bang for the buck to stay at Walt Disney World anyway because there haven't been any or won't be any good discounts at that time uh, at Universal? Uh, and I've been just about everywhere that I can go off property except for SeaWorld just because I've been to SeaWorld San Diego so many times. Is it worth it to visit SeaWorld? And are there any offers combining tickets for Universal and SeaWorld? Thanks in advance for your help. All right, we'll take these one at a time. First, uh, moderate resorts. Uh, you basically, as far as on-site resorts go, you have three choices. You have the Royal Pacific, the Hard Rock, and Portofino Bay. Uh, the closest comparison, and it's not even a fair comparison, to a Disney moderate is going to be Royal Pacific. But... Royal Pacific is far nicer in terms of style, amenities, rooms, layout. Uh, it's really more of a deluxe resort. Price-wise, October, November, you might get some good prices. It really depends. It's like anything else. It's always based on uh, based on availability. It's based on you know how how busy the hotels are. Not unusual to pick up a hotel room at Royal Pacific in the 170 a night range. Uh, a lot of times you're going to see them for over 200. Now, if that is, and that's definitely on the outside of what you're going to pay, on the high end of what you'll pay for a moderate at Disney, the only other option you have would be to stay off site. And the only hotel in the Universal area that I recommend off site is Doubletree at the entrance to Universal. Uh, that is a, um, oh, who runs that? Oh, Doubletree. Um, it's a Doubletree property. Rooms are all recently redone. Beautiful. Nice, big, 425-square-foot rooms. It's walking distance over to Universal. It's a lighted walkway that leads over to... Right across the street. Right across the street. Really nice. And you can... We're getting a, a pretty consistent rate of about $99 a night mm -hmm. at Doubletree. So really hard to beat that. So it, you know, there are some also added value uh, uh, features for this hotel that you get fifteen percent off merchandise at select locations, uh, ten percent ten percent off and fifteen percent off uh, food and beverage. Select yeah, locations. you do as a yeah. When, whenever you stay at a good uh, a universal good neighbor, basically a good neighbor hotel, they have these these discount booklets that allow you to get merchandise and food discounts as well. So. Uh, you know, preference would be to stay on site, but if that price point at Royal Pacific is going to be higher than you want to pay, I think DoubleTree is a good is a good option. Now, if you're renting a car, if you're going to have a car with you on this vacation, 
uh, then hands down, really and truly, you need to stay at Sheridan Bastana Villages. Uh, it's about a seven-minute drive to Universal from Vistana. It's right around the corner from SeaWorld. It's on International Drive. It's also very close to Disney. Um, and spectacular. The, the spectacular doesn't begin to describe these hotel rooms. Well, they're not hotel rooms. That's the thing. It's, uh, Sheridan Vistana is a timeshare. And what they do is they rent out the units as hotel rooms when they're not being used. There's no timeshare pitch. There's no, you've got to sit through a two-hour, nothing like that at all. Um, it's a, These are legitimate resorts. I would never sell them on our site. I would never put them on our site if they were like that. Gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous, and we routinely get them for $99 a night. That and that's for a one-bedroom, and mm-hmm. that's you know with a full kitchen. and. They have an arcade. It has one of the largest pool areas I've ever seen. Oh, it's it's, it's a ninety acre resort. It's stunning. It's a ninety acre resort. I mean, it's huge and it's gorgeous. So, you have those options in terms of hotel. Very different experience, especially if you're going to go to SeaWorld. That's nice and close. Uh, they do offer complimentary transportation to uh, Walt Disney World. They do not offer it. They offer transportation to Universal, but you have to pay for it. Um, so. Take that into account. Uh, now, in terms of uh, going October, early November, what kind of package discounts might be available? Uh, Universal doesn't do package discounts the way Disney does, per se. Uh, the vast majority of discounts that you'll find at Universal are going to be annual passholder discounts. And one of the things I do recommend is that you look at what annual passholder rates are. And because in some cases, the savings are enough to just more than justify the cost of the annual pass. I booked a room. A woman was an annual pass holder, and I think it took off like over two hundred bucks. Yeah, from, uh, easily. Sometimes. The hotel room, yeah. and it was just like I've man. had I've had occasions where I've saved like four hundred dollars uh, so on can my save hotel some room. Serious cash with yeah. the annual pass. Holder. And what's nice about Universal, we'll see what you know what what Harry Potter ends up doing to this, but. For years now, getting an annual pass holder rate is generally pretty pretty available. You can usually find them. <laughs> it's not like Disney where it's so limited. It's gone before you even try. Sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although Disney's gotten a little bit better with that as well. Um, so that would uh, that would be my suggestion there is to watch for that. Um, and when Universal does package deals, they rarely are. They rarely are a discount. It's more of a convenience of having a number of different elements booked together. So if you're looking to save money, really and truly, the only thing I can suggest to you is is uh, is an annual pass. And then there's the question of uh, SeaWorld, and is it worth visiting SeaWorld and combining tickets for Universal and SeaWorld? Uh, is it worth visiting? Oh, God, yeah. Gorgeous park. Gorgeous, gorgeous park. Great experience. Love, 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 love SeaWorld. Now, he's asking because he goes to San Diego all the time, would it be worth it for him? I found San Diego a very different experience than Orlando. I thought so, too. Um, Both beautiful, both really enjoyable. But I found San Diego SeaWorld to be different than ours. It's laid out differently. It's got different stuff. It's different. That's what I was For example, uh, the um, uh, journey to Atlantis at SeaWorld... uh, 
in San Diego totally is completely different, different completely. than the one out here. I mean, we actually have a whole themed area you ride through, and uh, that was just it, it's just very, very different experiences. So, yeah, absolutely do SeaWorld. Uh, there is a combined ticket. Um, it's uh, an Orlando Flex ticket. All right, Corey, you looked up the uh, info on the flex tickets. Yeah, there's two types. There's the flex ticket that does not include Busch Gardens, and then there's the flex ticket plus that includes Busch Gardens. Now, this is for unlimited access to all the parks for up to 14 consecutive days. Wow. Now, the flex ticket for an adult with tax is 235 For an, a child is 215 Flex ticket plus is 280 for an adult, 260 for a child. I mean, this is a great deal. If you're going to be in town for yeah. a while... And you want to use this unlimited it access? Like a, a good deal. Yeah, I mean, if if you're going to make Universal Sea Worlds a part of your trip, and you're going to do it for more than one day, yeah, that that, that is a good deal. Now, did it include uh, Aquatica? I can't it remember. does. Wow. wow, that's a real good deal. Aquatica, really Universal Island Sea World, Aquatica, and Wet and Wild. And for those who don't know, Aquatica is SeaWorld's water park, which is not as popular as I thought it was going to be uh, in terms of the buzz it gets around town. I really thought they... It's a beautiful park, though. I mean, they really did a great job with it. So I hope that answers your question. Thanks for writing in. And our last email comes to us from Keith Chandler in Exton, Pennsylvania. Hello, I'm taking a trip to Universal Studios in early December. I bought the one-day, two-park ticket with transportation. I was researching the Universal Holiday events, Grinchmas, and the Macy's Day Parade. In your opinion, are the show's parade worth taking time out of the usual attractions to see, or uh, are they only if you've seen everything else type events? Thanks for your help. Uh, I think they're definitely worth going to see, because they're different. Uh, The Macy's Day Parade is... Obvious uh, is uh, actual floats that are from the Macy's Day Parade in New York. So this is the only place you see them outside of New York. Now, it's not all the floats, obviously, from the Macy's Day Parade, but it's definitely different. Definitely different, definitely unique. Uh, and Grinchmas, I think they do a phenomenal job with Grinchmas. They, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on. You've got, uh, you've got the, the Grinchmas uh, character meal at... Uh, uh, in Islands of Adventure at Confisco's, which you loved it. we have video of it oh, it's funny. on the site. <laughs> I'll put, put a link to it. The guy playing the Grinch was hands down the funniest, most entertaining character I have ever come across in a theme park. And this guy was so good, he turned me around because it's that, that whole breakfast started horrible. And this guy turned me around big time. I walked out of there. I mean, two years later, I'm still talking about it. So You could definitely tell he studied Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And well. Yeah. He studied it well. And I remember saying when we first put that up, whatever they're paying this guy, it's not enough. Um, so experiences like that, it's different than Disney. I'm not going to compare it and say better or worse. It's different. Um, I think... The, the character meals at Confisco's need an overhaul. Green eggs and ham, as I refer to it, green phlegm and ham, really should revisit the recipe on that, pay some attention to the quality of the food you're serving. But, you know, character meals, generally people overlook the food. I don't think they should. But uh, this is one instance where I think the character interaction is worth 
overlooking the food. But they also do like a Grinchmas show, which is very good. Um, they do some really cool stuff. I would absolutely take time to go see it, uh, especially if you've got kids with you. I would take time to go see it. But even if not, if if you've seen like you know the Grinch movie with Jim Carrey, uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas, and you enjoyed that, you should absolutely go and check this stuff out. And like I said, the Macy's Day Parade, it's the only place you're ever going to see those floats outside of New York. So I think, uh, I think it's definitely worth checking out. So thanks very much, Keith, for writing in. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That will do it for this month's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal SeaWorld Edition. We hope you enjoyed listening. Have a great month, everybody. We'll be back with you again next month. Remember, stay out of the damn lakes and lines. Lines. (laughs) 